Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glynis. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're discussing Murder Through the Looking Glass, which is episode 16 from season four and originally aired on the 21st of February, 1988. Now, our writer, I don't think it's obvious that it's this person, but who wants to take a stab at who our writer is for this one? Squeaky Squeak. Robert Van Squeak. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he is... <laughs> I, there's no telltale signs. Wait, Lydia, did you call him Squeaky Squeak? <laughs> yeah, just I was just checking. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why Squeaky, but it sounds really funny. <laughs> it sounds right with the last name. I don't yeah. know. It doesn't mean anything. It's I don't know. I've gotten into just like anytime I think about his name, which now is a lot more often than I think I would have ever. <laughs> And I just think of him as Van Squeaky Squeak. I like Van, Squ- Van Squeaky Squeak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes it it alternates between Squeaky and Squicky. Squicky. Okay. Squeak. I don't. But okay. Squicky doesn't mean anything. So. Got it. All right. It's just like a pet name I have for him. Yeah. yeah. You guys are really close like that. <laughs> the squeaker. <laughs> it's like it does feel like there should be a nickname there, and I haven't quite. Like squeaky's good, like squeakinator. Squeakinator. I feel like Megan said that or someone said that earlier. Maybe it was Glennis since they're BFF. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll think about it because it's a great, it's just like this feels like it's ripe for (laughs) some really great nickname. Um, So he has uh, been an executive story editor of 89 episodes. He's written three teleplays and he's written 21 episodes. The episodes he's written that we've watched are Murder at the Oasis, A Lady in the Lake, Who Threw the Barbitals and Mrs. Fletcher's Chowder, and Benedict Arnold Slipped Here. So actually some really strong episodes. We'll, I guess we'll find out in a minute how this one measured up. I... I feel like I should have a time limit on the description of this episode because I just think it can go off the rails quite quickly. But basically the episode is about Jessica uncovering a, a safe house of the governments where they're looking after a, I guess it sounds like maybe a dictator from, from a country. I don't think they mention which one. Um, and one of the spies who's looking after the dictator is murdered in a hit. And that hitman confesses to Jessica as he's dying of a heart attack, basically what he's done. So this is how Jessica gets involved very loosely. So she then goes to the cops to say, oh, this person says he's killed this man. The spies working in the safe house claim that the man is still alive um, and the police are involved. So who we have is... Sergeant Milton Cooper, played by Lawrence Luckinbill, who works for the Hartford Police Department, who Jessica goes to for help. Father Patrick Francis, played by Cliff DeYoung, who's a Catholic priest that Jessica kind of runs into when the hitman is dying because he says he wants a priest to confess, but then Jessica takes his confession anyways. Then we have the people living in the safe house. The spies are Jackson, played by Robert Reed, Van Buren, played by Mark Shearer, Pierce, played by Dan Shore, and Ellen Cosgrove, played by Karen Valentine. So she's a spy, but she's pretending to be Carl Cosgrove's wife. Carl Cosgrove is just a a name they all use. Um, And they're looking after Dictator Delgado, played by Victor Mejica, and his sort of right-hand man, Sanchez, played by Gregory Sierra. The hitman's played by Tom Reese, and there's Adams is the guy who died and he's played by sorry uh Kirk Scott so so yeah so I I don't want to get too deep into the uh details here because there's quite a lot of toing and froing so Adams is killed in the hit and then later in the episode Delgado is murdered and Jessica figures out that one of the spies has done it she figures out it was Van Buren who killed who set up the hit and killed Delgado because basically he needed to get Adams out of the way because he was heading up the safe house in order to 
be able to kill Delgado. And he was killed by Delgado by Delgado because uh, Delgado's enemies were paying him to do it. Anyways, that's a really broad overview. There's a lot of toing and froing. It turns out Fat Father Patrick Francis is actually internal affairs for <laughs> government spies or whatever. And, you know, and then I don't know. So it's, there's DD, a lot. The DDS, the DSS. DSS. So yeah, yeah there's a lot happening. Um, and just, and so she's back in the world of espionage. Uh, but once again, all she really cares about is the murder that happens, that she basically has figured out that it's happened and the cops don't take her seriously at first, blah, 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 the usual stuff. And the um, IMDb trivia facts are, I guess this must be the first time they mention it. Jessica's maiden name is revealed as McGill. So she is Jessica Beatrice McGill Fletcher. Uh, in reality, McGill was the maiden name of Angela Lansbury's mother, Moina McGill, which we've talked about in a previous episode. And the title is based on the Lewis Carroll book, Through the Looking Glass, and what Alice found there. So, yes, very evocative. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we can start <laughs> talking about it. I mean, this is a... I... Yeah, Glynis, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. Go ahead, Connie. <laughs> The, the all the reference points to her file was really funny and like that was a nice like thread throughout or like then they hand her a lipstick and she's like oh that's my color he's like yeah it's in your file and it's just like seems like this endless yeah. list of things that she would have had and they you know bring to light her her maiden name and all that stuff and she starts getting really uncomfortable when they're going through the stuff and you just want to be like what else is there what's <laughs> Are you hiding, Jessica? I know, and I like it's like, oh, she's, you know, mad that they have this file on her after she's like pretty much kind of like inserted herself in the whole situation. Yeah, the bits of like her at in like the security camera, like, it's me again. And also like, yeah, these are professional spies basically. And she's annoyed that they're like not telling her who they really are. It's like, yeah, that is sort of their job. I mean, that's sort of what they're supposed to do is not like reveal their identity. And she's like, and then they like, (laughs) he's reading out her file. You're right, Glennis. I felt like there might be more to it than what they said. (laughs) Cause basically they're like, oh yeah, widow, Frank Fletcher was the husband, was a teacher, is a mystery, not like all this sort of normal. She's like, that's enough. It's like, they're like uh, what else is in there with yeah. Dr. Seth Hadlett? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's also like listing all the things she was involved in, like more espionage and stuff. And I'm like, Jessica, it's clear why they have a file on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been up to a lot of things. Yeah. That it was, it was funny because you're right, Megan. It's like, she's she's basically gone there without any real evidence that anybody even died (laughs) pestered these people when they claim you know yeah they're lying to her but she doesn't like what business is it of hers really (laughs) and also too when they're like watching her from the looking glass i mean you know talk about a window peep but like yeah and they're like they're like, no, she doesn't buy it. When like, so basically, <laughs> they pretend that Carl is. They use Delgado to pretend to be Carl and show that he's still alive. And like, from the beat that she walks in, the guys behind the glass are like, she doesn't buy it. I'm like, she hasn't even been in the room for more than. <laughs> also, he's like on an oxygen tank. <laughs> And he's meant to have been in the like trimming the rose bush right previously and then got an asthma attack. An asthma attack, I I I know enough about them that you wouldn't have to then be on an oxygen machine. I mean, that was like complete madness. And also just like the fact that this woman is so calm about this lady showing up, and it's like, but when she's on the phone, she does look shocked that the police have called. This is Ellen Cosgrove, who's pretending to be... Because Carl Cosgrove is basically just a name that they right. all use. It's an alias that Adams was using when he went out to meet what he thought was an informant, but it turned out to be a hitman. And when she picks up the phone, she's like, oh, yeah, well, he had an asthma attack in the Rose Garden. It's like, <laughs> she is cool as a cucumber, this lady. Like, nobody's even around. If I was her, I'd be like, oh, my God. Like someone's calling me telling me someone's dead 
Also, I like that they don't tell her that Jessica's on the line. And then Jessica just hops in, like, asking questions. <laughs> Can you like, imagine if the police called you? And they're like, oh, it's Sergeant so-and-so. And you're like, okay. And you're answering questions. And then some woman comes on. And you're like, who are you? And she's just like, Ann Smith. Right. <laughs> I don't know who that is. And in that phone call, she's like, I'm Jessica Fletcher. And she did leave a long pause for then Ellen to be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you. Right. <laughs> You're right. You're right, Glittis. It wouldn't be Ann Smith. It would be like <laughs> someone picked up the phone <laughs> and they're like, it's me, Barbara Taylor Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I was just <laughs> for Sandra Brown. Yeah. yeah. Sandra Brown, Nora Roberts is on yeah. the line. All of a sudden you're like, what? Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah, I've read a few of your books. <laughs> it you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that made me, (laughs) that part was really funny. I was like, and he just like allowed her to like be on the line and. Glynis, I just got the title based on what you just said. Like I I knew it was an Alice in Wonderland reference and I knew we were looking at like, there was lots of lies and all this sort of stuff, this alternate world, but I hadn't really thought it was literally through the looking glass because of the (laughs) two mirror thing oh god did they write this episode just because of the title like (laughs) i feel like they come up with the title after yeah and then the two-way mirror yeah (laughs) i yeah that's very funny i yeah so we're in i guess hartford is hartford a good spot farmington Well, they were in Farmington, uh, yeah. Oh, oh. Hartford was where she was staying. I mean, in that pink, pink hotel room, which was yeah. enormous. Yeah, the and pink. suites she stays in are huge. I was like, is this like an apartment she has? It's like, oh no, that's her hotel room. Before we get into anything else, can we dig into like whatever that phone conversation was that? the sergeant was having before jessica walked in about like his wife and some dress that she was wearing and then something happened at the end with the wife as well he accidentally hung up on his wife i think at the end trying to figure out where she was yes because she'd left him because he hadn't been complimentary about a dress she'd picked out (laughs) so she hadn't like left left him but she was gone and so he was the whole premise of the at the beginning is him calling around her friends to try to figure out if he can find out where she is and then the joke is that at the end she finally calls and he's so into this investigation he sort of hangs up on her yeah and (laughs) norma okay because i like when he was going off on that like tirade in the beginning i like i was paying attention but it was like i knew it wasn't like had to do with the story so it's kind of i don't know well i think those things are always like if you're just watching the episode for fun those are the things your mind just kind of glazes over because you're like this is just a setup for a joke at the end and sure enough there's like a joke about the wife at the end like so light-hearted considering this episode has involved hitmen and secret government organizations that nobody's ever heard of and all these sort of you know spies and i don't know Oh my God, that was so funny. Head and heart. Well, I guess we now all know about professional hits now. <laughs> just like casually, like, yeah, that's how, how they do it. He's like, what are you talking about? I am a Hartford police detective. I'm not dealing with a lot of professional hits. Like, although the crime rate in Hartford he was talking about bodies in a cement mixer. And then he referred to a crime as a flash and slash where a flasher stabbed a woman, but it was all very lighthearted. And you're like, that sounds very, <laughs> right, like, very that's pretty serious. Grim. <laughs> this is like, okay, I haven't mentioned it before because I don't know if I want to get into it, but in the Cabot Cove episodes, particularly in season four with Amos, there's a big, poster in the background that just in the Cabot Cove Sheriff's Office that just is a map and above it it says missing children watch 
Oh my and god. You're like, hey, how many missing children are there in first of all, nobody in Cabot Cove is under the age of 50. So <laughs> nobody's got any little kids. <laughs> is it like um is it like a lost boy situation? No. Yeah. It you <laughs> Ashley, yeah, it is. It says it says sleep all day, party all night. It's gonna yeah. be a bit yeah because they're not really missing no they're no. just vampires just, they're just vampires <laughs> hanging out with Tip capello on the sexy set oh, yeah that's no, part sexy. of that movie. see too sexy for a family carnival i'll tell you I that mean, i mean yeah. oh if you're carnival using that after finger. dark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's maggots michael Oh God! Michael. Yeah, that's so good. So good. I love that. I've completely derailed. Continue. Well, no, I. Oh yeah, I I was gonna say. Oh, that's sad because yeah, Joel Schumacher passed away recently. But I forgot to say the whole reason we were doing this episode is because uh, we wanted to do one with Gregory Sierra in it because uh, he passed away. I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, not Um, not long ago. Uh. And he's been, he was in um, five, I think, five murder she wrote. But he was in loads of stuff. I mean, he was in Barney Miller and a few other sort of 70s. I mean, he was in lots of stuff. So he has a big old IMDb page. So yeah, we thought we would do one with him in it. Um, Because we we have actually done one with him in before. We did um, Broadway Malady. So the last time we saw Gregory Sierra, he was a carrot chomping stressed out police sergeant and this time he's a sort of kind of a henchman i mean is that what we're yeah and he wasn't in it that much but yeah he's like the assistant to the commandante he had one of the most disturbing scenes in this episode which is where and i know you're gonna be like oh it's because he's like giving a massage to the like <laughs> guy and that's not my issue with it my issue with it was because like I would love to have like a personal masseur that just like mm-hmm. rub my back every once in a while mm-hmm. it's that to like lubricate the skin or whatever he was using talcum powder <laughs> I was like what the heck I was like where's an oil or a lotion or something like that that just feels like it would grind against your skin <laughs> be horrible be oh. horrible well and not like they, they not to like it's not a knock against this episode but kind of it's like the priest the guy pretending to be the priest then explains who everyone is but at like 40 minutes in yes although i love a sequence in anything where there's shots of the person as they're narration describing who they are yeah. like when you're in a heist yeah. movie or something yeah. and they're like like that scene in fast five where he's like we need a quick talker and then they're like showing like tyrese walking through an airport and you're like oh yeah i love this yeah. you're right megan it should have happened minute 15 not minute 40 you know that's quite late on to be because it was fun finding out what all their flaws were. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, poor old Ellen's flaw was that she was too good looking and a woman. So, what a, what a, what a flaw. Yeah, God. Wait, hate to see that. And that brings up <laughs> arguably the weirdest, but also most amazing scene where Jessica comes back to her hotel room to find a beer bottle. And the priest comes out of nowhere and is like, don't worry, like, that's mine. <laughs> He's like, um, why are you, why have you broken into my hotel room? And he sort of dances around it. And then she like, she's like, I'm going to call the police, grabs the phone and he pulls the plug and he's like, wires cut or something like, what did he say? No, he said, um, poor connection. <laughs> right. And then he yeah. like, he just like yoinked it out of the wall and was like, poor connection. He did make me laugh in this episode because first of all, he was straight up the creepiest creep that ever creeped. Like you're like, this guy is bad. Like when they're in the church and he's like, huh, huh, about everything she's saying. And you're like, yeah, this guy's definitely bad. Right? Like he's not telling. Yeah, he was really creepy. 
Yeah, it just made me laugh when Jessica was like, oh, there's a priest. And she like called him over. And I'm like, I think he was saying confession anyway, but it just, I was like, (laughs) what? Also, she was so excited to be able to take that confession. Like she's right. like the priest isn't gonna be quick enough. I better listen in on this old uh, so jazzed. <laughs> she was so the look on her face. I'll try to capture <laughs> it in one of my. But she's like, oh, what have you done? I can't right. wait to hear <laughs> it. Kind of like you know, like like those scenes in the movies where it's like, is there a doctor on on the plane? She's yeah. like, priest, priest, priest. That's what I, yeah, it felt like that energy, but you're calling for a priest. And <laughs> I did, I did like that the first thing she said was, is there a Catholic church nearby? It's like, was she going to sprint over to a Catholic right. church? <laughs> Plus her. I mean, that is so, that is very funny. But yeah, he was, that whole sequence where she goes <laughs> to the church and he's so weird. And you're like, okay, that's, you know, we know something's not right. But when she says the quote to him, and she goes, well, that was oh. St. Thomas Aquinas. And he goes, that was quite a quote you used. I had to look it up. And I found out it was Henry David Thoreau. I was like, guys, come on. Like, this, none of this is recognizable to me. Like, I know who Why? these people are. But you should have done a quote by, like, a really obvious person. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just like, I mean, do all priests have St. Thomas Aquinas memory? Like, it felt like a big reveal. But I'm like okay i yeah i didn't question oh yeah i knew that wasn't saint thomas aquinas like i know his stuff (laughs) okay yeah yeah he was really i thought he was really creepy and then even when they're like kind of friendly i thought he was still creepy and then i when they're have that exchange at the park and he like wants her to spy on them for him and she's like my answer to that is no thank you (laughs) (laughs) i know well it's interesting because we sort of when we talked about um from russia with blood we were saying she doesn't really like this kind of bureaucratic government spying thing she's quite judgmental about that sort of in the russian one even though she kind of understands that's how the government works but it's like it's clear in this episode she feels the same even though it's the u.s government she's not going to be any more helpful and it's like and and that like that turning point what makes her the home secretary calls her and basically compels her to do it and then it turns out he's also called jackson and forced them to let mrs fletcher come in so that's why because basically they're trying to keep the investigation going um, right. and she's meant to be helping them I mean why at that point you wouldn't just have the internal affairs guy go in if the home secretary is calling anyone anyways right. but it's like right. but did they know who he was I think the idea was as soon as he said he worked for what I'm saying internal affairs it's whatever the equivalent yeah. thing is that they would no he did he him. said internal affairs he said did DSS, he? Okay. DSS internal affairs <laughs> DSSIA yeah which is Every time I say DSS, I think DDS, and that's for dentists. Right. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I loved when she's racing to pick up the phone from the home secretary, and her hair is completely dry, and she's got a towel around <laughs> her neck, and then she's like racing and like meanwhile blotting her neck <laughs> before answering the phone on the, and I wrote that just wrote down like what is the urgency to dry your neck before answering the phone and why like why was that even needed in that scene and I did like that she just started talking before whoever was calling said anything right. she's like my answer is still no or you know whatever she says <laughs> and then you're like yeah <laughs> kind of like sensitive information maybe right. make sure you know who you're talking to I did I thought that I do like though when there's like an adversary that feels like her equal and I suppose he's a bit of a red herring too because he's so creepy that you think that he's mm-hmm. bad um he said you penetrated my cover uh, love that and I, I didn't that. understand, like, when they first go to the safe house, like, her and the cop, like, wh- why didn't they just kick them out? Well, I yeah, that was interesting, because they let them, maybe they think, I guess those guys you're meant to think are kind of 
like arrogant. So they probably think, oh, we can give them the cover story and then they'll, or the party line or whatever it is, and just sort of bury this a little bit. But I guess also in the end, I think you're meant to think it's Jackson the whole time. But sorry, which one is Jackson? Robert Reed. But oh, okay. But their compatriot did get murdered. And so there is probably a need to find out who did that, like to some extent. So they have to involve the police a little bit, but obviously, yeah, I mean, the smarter move would have just been to turn them away at the door and then call the government and get them to come in and do something about it. But yeah, I was like, yeah, why don't they just get, also I thought, I mean, <laughs> I was like the people that were working at the safe house I wrote down, I was like, these people are terrible at their jobs. Like, they, they, like their coworker gets murdered. She like <laughs> instantly breaks cover when she realizes that it's Adams that's been killed. And then, and then they let the commandant, like he dies on their watch. I was like, I guess you're meant to think that these this is like an outpost a bit for like because they are sort of saying that Van Buren felt like he should be a rising star but he isn't and Mm -hmm. this is like they're sort of stuck here in this big house but you're right like none of them did a good job none of them even kept the guy (laughs) they were supposed to keep safe safe I mean and like it's a real ragtag group of people. Yeah, it's like, aren't you guys supposed to be, you know, really specially trained? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and they're just letting Jessica in every two seconds. Right, she shows up. Is it four times? <laughs> yeah, and she's just talking. And, and she is back in. and forth from Farmington yeah. to Hartford, like, like on the like, same day. I don't know if you remember me, but I was here, like, to the security guard. Right. Like, what it's been like a day and a half and she's been there three times yeah i mean for for a safe house it's pretty like porous (laughs) yeah Yeah, like because why did they even let her in the first right she's shown up without any cops let her in the first time also when the cop shows his badge to the security guard the security guard's like oh yeah i gotta let you in presumably the security guard is also part of the department (laughs) special security so he would outrank that person and he could just say i'm so sorry you cannot come in you're gonna have to take it up with somebody else but then she didn't the female agent or whatever didn't think that it was real the badge that he showed the security guard she was like it looks legit and i'm like but didn't the security i'm confused well and doesn't van buren pull a gun on them like instantly yeah. and you're like guys <laughs> yeah right away also then what's the point of the security guard yeah. if you're gonna be on high alert for whoever <laughs> that dude is letting in or what's the point in having a cover if you're just gonna like, break it like I'm her brother. And then in the next breath, he's got a gun on him. And he's like, you're going to have to come with me. It's like, okay, well, you just saw me. Okay. Like, you can't explain any of this away. I'm sure you right. could quite easily. <laughs> and you would think this is such a, you know, a high security situation that they'd have more than one guy, you know, watching the well, at a time yeah. yeah especially when you have five people including adams in charge of one safe house and like to put uh, this is a, i don't to put pierce in charge of, <laughs> felt like yeah. really i mean pierce bad. if <laughs> pierce felt like a real look into my soul at the moment he's like they tried to stay awake and i couldn't stay awake and then he's like <laughs> They're like getting mad at him about falling asleep. And he's like basically sobbing in front of them. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, chill, bro, chill. Like, this is crazy. So fun fact, he's in Bill and Ted's Excellent yeah. Adventure. Oh. He's Billy the Kid, which felt like a, I don't know, a better suited role for him. Than a- this definitely, yes. He didn't strike me as a government man. Like he was for sure, like, you know, he, like all of them were so crazy. Like this beautiful woman in these glamorous outfits is meant to be oh, like God. 
a government spook it's like there's no way (laughs) on the screen earth like and if she is straight up she's doing like black ops somewhere undercover like they're not stashing her away in some good at the job right yeah she fell in love with adam i um i go down these youtube rabbit holes and i watch sometimes where it's like a cia employee will review spy scenes in films oh no okay yeah i love this like they're so fascinating but the main thing is she's like we don't we try to make people as unnoticeable as humanly possible right. mm. it's not fancy outfits so like 007 is just a joke and she's like and anyone who is that stunningly beautiful just naturally sticks out and that's the opposite of what right you want and yeah, she's no. sort of peacocking a bit like all of her outfits are so glam it's like I mean, that leather just- skirt come on yeah i really I like well we can get into that later but yeah. i yeah but yeah Gwyneth, i'm glad to know i'm not the only one that goes down youtube <laughs> mm. i love that though i think Regularly. that's interesting. <laughs> I, I love when they reference a previous episode mm-hmm. when he mentions about the ballet dancers defecting i was like i've seen that one yeah, that's a great oh, one. Goodness. Well, they mention about the kgb as well yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, that the ballet dancer one is really. I would. It'd be fun to watch. Which one is that? I I, I think John Glover's in it. Um. Well, we could go to the Beats, maybe. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Let's go to the Beats. Okay. Thunder weather. No. Secret doors. Closet hiding. I mean. No, I mean, secret I room. A lot of secret rooms. There's a whole secret like. I NASA space station in one of those rooms with all those computers and stuff. I was like, this is intense. Um, poisoning or bludgeoning. So Adams is shot and Delgado is strangled. Which, but he puts some stuff in the guy's coffee to make him sleepy. That's true. He does poison repeatedly. someone. Repeatedly. Yeah, it's not nice. <laughs> repeatedly, yes. Made a grown man cry. I mean, geez, <laughs> Um phone wire cut no she's shaking no although i did say uh, delgado was shooketh by sanchez so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, quite mightily um window peep yes obviously we had the big old the biggest peep of them all <laughs> do you call it a one-way mirror or a two-way mirror because you're looking <laughs> through it one way you can't look through it the other way does anyone know <laughs> Aren't the two-way mirrors the ones that like you can control if they're it's blocked or not? Right. Okay. Is it also known as a window? <laughs> but I thought when you fit it's a mirror on one, it's like an it's like an obscured window. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. You can delete that. I'm just being sassy. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I thought that there was the option to like switch between obscuring and not in some of them in some cases yeah you can like in homes and stuff i'm sure you could have you could put in windows yeah, a window here but you're right it's like you're right it's that it's more a window than a mirror i suppose you're right um <laughs> fake name id love so carl cosgrove Delgado pretends to be Carl Cosgrove. Adams pretends to be Carl Cosgrove. They all pretend the to be priest. Carl Cosgrove. The priest is, but then the thing is, none of them are, those are their actual names. Yeah. Jackson, Van Buren, Adams, Ellen Cosgrove, Francis, all are I am aliases. Sorry. Wait, are they all presidents' names? Van Buren. Adam, but it's not spelled, Pierce. it's spelled with an A on the credits and IMDb. Uh, Jackson. Yeah, good call, Gwyneth. Yeah. Just not Cosgrove, I guess. But he's the one, well, that they all use. I love that he's like, it's like Ellen Cosgrove. I'm like, oh, she can't be Carl Cosgrove, too? God, Jackson. <laughs> I know. Jackson was kind of, yeah. Yeah, Adams, Jackson, and Van Buren. See, also, this is Adams. Uh, I am. I know. That. I know. It's a, sh- a real shock. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> so 
fun slash cop quirk we've got sergeant milton cooper and his cop quirk is that his wife norma has left him that was sort of the running gag for him and i did not sense any cop chemistry between the two of them but no i thought he was like kind of a jerk to her in the beginning i did too he's sort of a jerk to everybody i mean but then you know he's not very happy i suppose um Businessy business espionage and yeah. government secrets and files and you know how it is. Hitmen, internal Hit men, affairs, internal affairs. Um, eh, okay, so aging nothing but a number. This was an interesting one. <laughs> so we do see Adams very briefly at the beginning of the episode getting shot, and he has maybe two long. Sorry, can yeah. you hear me? Yeah. No, we can hear you, but oh, yeah, you did. Okay. It, there was, you might want to repeat that sentence because it okay, paused. So I was going to say, so they keep harping on it, Jackson, but they're like, <laughs> he's like, oh, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, you were also still for a second. I was like, I'm frozen <laughs> okay. again. Okay. Everybody's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, take I, three, take three. Go. <laughs> so they were. They were saying, oh, you know, you're jealous of a younger man coming in. And my note was, is Adams younger than Jackson? Because they look the same age to me. They're both white-haired, older men. And they're like, oh, a younger, smarter guy. It's like, they're, a cu- what, a couple of years apart in age? So Adams was 52 in this episode, and Robert Reed was 56, so four years. Sure. Uh, Karen Valentine, who played Ellen Cosgrove, was 41, and Adams was 52. So it's quite a, like a decent gap there. Van Buren was 39. Okay. And Pierce was 32 years old. Oh, wow. So I thought he was younger. A lot older, I think, than, than what we thought. Um, Wait, was Pierce the same guy that was in, that was like the young cop in the Buddy Hackett episode? Sorry, I'll look this up. No. Oh, that guy was a little more uh had a little more dynamism to him did you uh, did you guys think that uh robert reed kind of looked like a young max von Sydow in this episode yeah i could see that yeah i thought robert reed was very good in this episode oh, yeah God. not a mickey rooney okay <laughs> oh yes which one looked like mickey rooney glenna <laughs> <laughs> ellen cosgrove <laughs> in such a long time <laughs> ellen cosgrove <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was it so that was an interesting set so we had no smooches so ellen cosgrove and adams apparently were in love familial ties no eyes closed head shake no I don't think she really was too bothered about any of this. Um, okay, so here we go. Fave outfits. Glynis, mm-hmm. do you want to start? You mentioned yeah. a couple you liked. I So I didn't have any like real least favorite outfits of the episode, but um, pretty much everything that Ellen Cosgrove wore was amazing. I mean, the first one out the gate, which was the long black uh, cotton t-shirt, long sleeve black cotton t-shirt with like a super chunky chain and then a high-waisted knee length like leather pencil skirt it just she looked amazing and then she had this beautiful like emerald green long sleeve silk dress and like it was like very 80s and had like you know kind of big uh, shoulders but uh then she had it cinched with sort of a like graphic belt like it was, mm. I don't know, very like arty. It was, it just, she looked great. And also I liked, they didn't like the whole outfit, but Jessica had on this like gold blazer with a, a brooch that was, that was nice. So yeah. Okay. Like all those. Ashley, what about you? Um, I, I really liked what Ellen Cosgrove wore. And I also wrote down the Jessica, the outfit with the blazer and the black shirt underneath, and then the gold brooch and necklace. Mm -hmm. Okay. Megan, what about you? Yeah. I loved that 
Ellen Cosgrove black outfit with the necklace. Like I thought that was great. And yeah, I didn't really have any least favorite. I mean, I, I thought some of the men's suits were kind of boring, but I liked how Van Buren sometimes was dressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so mine were, yeah, they've all been mentioned, Ellen's outfits. And she had a blue top in the like narration scene where they're like, and Ellen Cosgrove is a beautiful <laughs> woman who, you know. And uh, that was quite a nice top. And um, I really liked that skirt suit that Jessica had on at the very beginning because it had that like fur lining and the gold brooch. I thought mm-hmm. it was really nice, actually. Um, so I guess I'll start for my worst outfit. Van Buren's gray striped sweater was horrible. Yeah. Like truly, oh, yeah. it's like one of those things where you're like, it kind of looks like the upholstery of like a couch in the eighties. I just didn't like it. But yeah, what about Glitis? What about you? What do you? Did you say what your worst one was? No, I don't think you did. I didn't really have one, but yeah, that was that was pretty. Yeah, terrible. I think that would be the the worst. Yeah, the and then with out. the rolled up sleeves as well to make it look even bulkier. You yeah. know, I think they were quite cruel to that actor because they made him walk <laughs> by Jessica in that barf sweatshirt. <laughs> He's obviously like a couple of inches shorter than her and it felt like such a power move where you're like oh you're gonna make this (laughs) guy shorter than this woman (laughs) right in front of her in that horrible sweater it's like okay um Ashley what about you was that your worst as well yeah I mean I think sometimes with Van Buren it was like a collared shirt a sweater and a blazer and it felt very hot (laughs) (laughs) a lot of bulk um And I think the other thing I wrote down that's not an outfit, but these rattan chairs at the safe house, there was like six, four, maybe six giant throne, like rattan chairs. (laughs) And I love rattan, but this felt excessive and (laughs) just added to the weirdness of the safe house. Yeah. Right. You know, it's funny you mentioned that actually because I also felt like every room they were in had too much furniture in it. And it was like, sometimes it's okay to just like dial it down a little bit. Like there's only a couple of people that need a chair in any one room at any one time. You don't need like eight couches in no, a room. Yeah. And the layout in some of them just felt like, it sometimes just felt a little like suffocating or like a little claustrophobic. Definitely. Um, okay, here's an interesting one. Biggest hunk. Ashley, why didn't you start us off on the biggest hunk? Trade? I mean, I was going to pick Van Buren, but I don't know if I should pick a biggest hunk villain, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to lean in. Okay. That was going to be mine, too. Yeah. Mine, yeah, as well. mine as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't exactly stiff competition. <laughs> How shocked would you guys have been if I said Pierce? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying. This wasn't bad looking. It just no. you know, sort of lacked a, you know, it was hardly in it as well. Or like, <laughs> right. wait, wait, really quick, was his motivation for for killing the commandant, he was going to get money? Yeah. Okay. Got it. He was going to get money. Um, okay. JB Burns. I actually wrote down a lot of lines in this episode. I don't know if all of them are really burns but Megan why don't you start us off with the burns yeah I mean when she said you know no thank you to him in the park but I had a couple other lines that were um like when Pierce is or sorry Jackson's talking about Adams and he said I found his company bearable most of the time I like that <laughs> one. and then the the police the cop says Let's get out of here before my blood freezes. But those, and they're not really, you know, James Burns. Yeah. 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 Uh, Glynis, what do you think? Mine was the ice one as well. Sassy. Yeah. Okay, Ashley. I wrote two down. They're not JB Burns. I think it's the cop. Um, a lot of guys walking around with nothing in their pockets but holes. I was just like, that's just such a dad joke. But then the other one was a lady this persistent could be trouble. (laughs) That's good. I like that. That should be the tagline of our show. Right. 
<laughs> that is such a good yeah. line. It is. I like it. That is a really good line, actually. I, I wrote down, um, I, JB says this, uh, where she's talking about Carl Cosgrove and that she went to see him. And she wrote, said, after he was shot in the head and heart, he seemed to have taken it very well. Because <laughs> he was still alive, according to these people. And then um, I liked when Jessica said, do you trust everyone who works for the government? I mean, like, why should she trust him? I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved this line. I liked when Van Buren <laughs> said, ooh, conflict, your kind of stuff, eh, Mrs. Fletcher? Yeah, that was <laughs> very good. I like that. Um, and I, I really liked when um, Francis said a little pull in the wool. I was like, gosh, I've never heard that expression before. But I <laughs> um, okay, so we've got a favorite guest star. Uh, Ashley, why don't you go first for favorite guest star? Um, I mean, I think I'm going to go with Robert Reed. Yeah, okay. that's kind of mine. I mean, I did like Gregory Sierra, but he was just such a smaller role. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robert Reed just, I don't know. He sort of can kind of command the room, I think, a little bit when he's there, which is, I don't know, interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah. Glynis, what do you think? Yeah, same. Robert Reed. Okay. Megan? I think I'm going to go Ryan fucking Bell as the police officer. I, I thought he was... Oh, yeah. He was good. He, funnily enough, he's also in Lady in the Lake. Yeah. So he's yes. in two scores. Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. In this. Um, I, I really do like Robert Reed in these episodes because he's also really different from the part he played previously. So it's like yeah. a totally different kind of vibe. And he's very, um, I don't know, you can see why they all think that it's him. Um, uh, so Glynis's guess. Glynis, do you want to? Yeah. I was right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I will note that I described, I didn't remember what his name was. And so I described him as the guy with the white cable knit sweater. Yeah. 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 We were all like, who? <laughs> <laughs> he did. I should have added that to the list of uh, outfits. He did wear very nice, like, it was sort of like, a semi turtleneck, but it was uh, a mock. Semi- was it a mock turtleneck? Yeah, it was a mock turtleneck. Yeah, I thought he was cute. I mean, I know the one sweater wasn't great, but like in general, I I, I thought he looked good. He was cute, and I love a man in a cable net. I think <laughs> that is. I think our sweater-based episodes have shown us how much we enjoy a man. Huge <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, it's a. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So, fave moment overall ranking. Uh, Megan, why don't you go first? I'm trying to think of my fave moment. Um, fave moment is when the guy's in her hotel room, just like with his beer out. That was pretty good. Also, I did want to say one thing. I love the like beeper tracking device they had in the car, and it was like <laughs> enormous. and how did it work like was it just a flashing light or like yeah I guess like she would tell them if she was in trouble or like when to show up yeah it's the same one they use for the self-driving car yeah I thought I was I think about the one where the priest has it in his car to track Carl oh I thought it was for her to tell I don't know yeah it just it was funny oh god I don't know what to give this let me come back to that if you guys want to go ahead because I I thought it was like <laughs> a little confusing so maybe a set I'll go seven okay Ashley what do you think um yeah my favorite moment was also in the hotel room but it was when he um pulls out the phone cord and is mm-hmm. like you say bad connection he said bad connection right it just I don't know. It just seems so silly. I don't know why it made me laugh. Um, I don't know. This one didn't really like cat. Like I just, I was confused. And then I just, my attention, I don't know. It just wasn't as captivating, I think as some other episodes. So I'd probably give it a six. Okay. Glennis, what about you? Um, 
so this wasn't my favorite moment, but I did, I forgot to mention it earlier, but was the scene where they're about to go and sit on the park bench and, and discuss between Jessica and Pearson. And, um, but they, they, the opening scene or opening shot of that scene is a no skateboarding sign. And then like two teenage boys like pass by on their skateboard. <laughs> so <laughs> naughty. <laughs> my, my true favorite scene was the one that Ashley mentioned where he pulls out the plug and says bad connection. Um, I, I actually, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought it was silly. Uh, and like, weirdly, I found, found it like not as confusing as the horse racing one, which yeah. just blew my mind. <laughs> um, so I'd give it a seven. Okay. I think uh, I think my favorite moment is when she comes back to the house for the last time and is pretending like she is going to write a novel about the story of the of the safe house and that did make me laugh those in interactions with the people there um and i i like this episode i think the music's great in it it's so creepy and like mm-hmm. you know and just kind of the fact that everybody's kind of bad there's no real like apart from the police officer like everybody's lying every you know it's just her trying to get through all that and like Linda said, I was like, I'm kind of engaged. I hardly wrote anything down. I was like, oh, I've got to start taking notes because I got to start paying attention. So yeah, I'd probably give it a seven. It's not like one of my favorites, but I I, I don't mind watching this one. I like it. Um, so yeah, does anybody else have anything they want to add? Oh, Megan, you never scored it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I said seven. Oh. Oh, you did say seven. Okay, wait, did everybody say seven then? Oh, no, Ashley, you said six. I said six. <gasps> Controversial. <Yeah. laughs> About a squeak episode? Oh, my God. How I can know. you live with yourself? Because <laughs> it was giving me more dead heat vibes than Mr. Penroy's vacation vibes. I think it's, yeah. yeah. I'm it sorry, a, guys. No, no. There's, listen, this is, we're not judging here. You I are, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you everybody for listening and uh, for following us uh, at Cabot Coverage on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And for those that have rated and reviewed us on uh, Apple Podcasts, thank you so much for doing that. That is really kind of you. And yeah, we hope you listen again next week. Bye. 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 We've been recording this whole time, Susanna, and you're going to need to edit a bunch. A lot of it. All of it.